I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up, she says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up. She says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. Hello and welcome to the Womb-Centered Healing Podcast. Before we get started today, I wanted to make a few announcements for what about what's going on in the Womb-Centered Healing Temple this spring 2020. So <clears throat> many of you um, might be experiencing the effects of the global pandemic and the effects that that has had on me is having a whole bunch more time to pour into the creative projects that are going on in the womb-centered healing temple which is my heart's delight and my um, calling and service to the world. So that benefits everyone here listening. So I'm. you might notice I'm having more um, podcast interviews and um, releasing quite a few more courses, online courses in the womb-centered healing temple. So, and, and other projects that I'll get to in a minute. So the courses that you might be curious about are the womb trauma recovery yoga which is a weekly live yoga class that you can learn more about on the website and another class that I've been really developing and enjoying as part that's part of the apprenticeship program but I want to make available to the public as well is the herbal womb wellness course and you may have seen webinars and things like that that I and I'll be um posting one of those question and answer sessions here as a podcast episode itself. And um, <clears throat> so those are just a, a small handful of some of the courses. Of course, th those are all included in the 13-month Biomystical Womb Apprenticeship journey that um, we're right in the middle of at this point. We're working with menarche and coming of age and initiations into sexuality. And all of this is very juicy. And you can read excerpts of 
the biomystical womb book that's being nourished by this apprenticeship and this time uh, at home. I've been doing a lot of writing, so you can check out the blog on the website too to see excerpts of the biomystical womb book. And last but not least, I have just launched a Kickstarter campaign for the biomystical womb oracle card deck. And this is based on the biomystical womb teachings that that are coming forth in the apprenticeship program and it's a great way to um, connect with those teachings on a daily or weekly or however frequency is right for you by simply picking a card or two and letting that guide your womb-centered healing practice your biomystical womb healing practice and so if you're interested in um pre-ordering and supporting the development of the Oracle card deck, you can click on the link to the Kickstarter campaign in the show notes here. And so, and also don't hesitate to reach out to me, Sama Morningstar, if you have any questions about any of these things. Okay, that's all and on with our episode. Hello and welcome to the Womb-Centered healing podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar and I have Ancha with me here today. Um, Ancha and I have been sort of co-creating, co-weaving here in Lake County, California for some time and looking for opportunities to actually do something together. Uh, We've been sort of on parallel lines, inviting each other to this or that or the other thing. And here we are finally coming together. Thank you so much for joining me. And Ancha wanted to talk about creativity and the womb. And this is a big topic uh, that we talk about a lot on this podcast. So I'm really curious to hear um, your take on it. And I already see some of these colors and energetics of these beautiful drawings in the background with the circular shapes and the wiggly lines and the tree kind of shape and and all of this and the and the starbursts and and it's so such a beautiful depiction these these pictures that that you've made in the background of the energetics of creativity so i'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to share and i'd love you for you to introduce yourself and share a little bit about um, your personal journey with the womb and creativity and what you're excited to share uh, here on the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me and I'm very, very happy that we finally get to talk and spend some time and share. And um, yes, so my creative journey, I think was blocked for most of my life. Um I would say, well, I've not, not completely. The funny thing is I was always a dancer. And uh, luckily my mom and dad, they saw me dance every time music was playing when I was a very, very little girl, when I just started walking and they thought, oh, maybe dance classes would be nice for her. So I took dance classes since I was five and I, I think dance saved my life. So this is like the creativity I was always allowed but anything else was always kind of shut off. And I, I blame the education system for that. <laughs> like I had teachers that told me that I could not sing. I had teachers that told me that I could not draw and make art. And I embraced those thoughts. And mm-hmm. I stayed in my head for most of my early life. 
uh, way into my 20s. I was totally, I was studying a lot. I mean, I didn't have a bad life and I always had dance. So I was kind of like, but that was the only way for me to express myself. Mm -hmm. And I was longing for something else. And I remember when I was just, hmm, well, let's say like mid and twenties, I started to like very slowly start to make a drawing here and there and try out new things. But I, I felt really blocked. And um, I traveled to Peru, to South America, actually for my studies, for my university, um, to work there. And I had like this sort of, uh, strict plan, but before I went, I already knew this uh, journey will have something for me for my entire life. So it's not just about, you know, I, I was writing my master thesis and it was like all about my academics and about my education. But I knew in my heart that this journey was for me too, and for me to discover a, a different part of myself that was kind of hidden. And there I discovered my feminine in a way, like my feminine energy, which I had never really been so aware of. I mean, it's always kind of there, but yeah, it was really hidden for me. And uh, when I was in Peru, I connected to the earth and really like physically connected to the earth. I had several experiences, I don't know, like mystical experiences, I would say. I was invited to uh, different ceremonies and things. I got like really lucky in a lot of ways to experience a lot of things that were kind of hidden for me. And I discovered something some like energy inside me and so then I went back to Germany and I kept studying and writing my thesis but after that this feeling did not disappear and I started working actually in a really like fancy nice job in the university I was teaching future art teachers but I was the only one in the institute that did not have an art degree my degree is in education and um, social anthropology and politics. So I was like the little freak there somehow. I was teaching artists, but I did not allow myself to be an artist. I still, I thought like, I need someone else to give me this paper that says you are an artist now. So I did not allow myself to be an artist and to be expressive and creative. I was still like in my head, I had like all these ideas about what is an artist and what you can do and you can't, cannot do. And so I had this job and I was allowed <coughs> in my office sitting in front of the computer and I made art at home just because I had to. I was starting to be in this place where I had to express myself and really in order not to go crazy and not to be depressed. I was, I started drawing, like weirdest stuff like just you know just like taking the pen and oh, going crazy and I was uh, making jewelry I learned to make jewelry when I was in Peru so I was literally sitting there just making things and enjoying this feeling of the creation that I could hold in my hands and that I could look at and that was not just in my head but was actually like um, manifested like in the the real world <laughs> so you could actually do something with it 
And then uh, eventually I quit that job because it made me depressed, even though it was like a really nice job. <laughs> but I thought, no, I can't do it. My professor wanted me to do the PhD and go all this, you know, like I had someone pushing me and pushing me. And at one point I was like, no, I, I don't want all that. I don't need all that. Like, this is all just in the mind. But my body was suffering. And because of the dance, I had a good connection to my body still. So I would feel like I had to do yoga because I was feeling so bad. And I thought like as much yoga as I'm doing, I should be Superman, you know, I should be like super powerful, but no, instead I was like dragging along. I was like surviving and like, yeah, it was just no good for me to be like trapped in a little office in front of the computer with no good. So then I came to the US and literally I just wanted to travel. I met my future husband here, life changed, like 180 degrees, everything changed. And when I came here, we lived in literally in the middle of the forest for the first four years. And that was the point where I connected to my womb, starting to get to the womb now. Mm -hmm. And it was also, I think, because I was in a relationship and I didn't have, I hadn't been in a real, like, relationship for so long like for literally 10 years before something I had not been in an actual relationship mm -hmm. so I don't know it was like time to connect mm -hmm. and um, it was hard it was really really hard in the beginning there was a lot of pain in there and a lot of work to do and I did a lot of meditation I was a lot outside in the forest and I made a lot of art and with every piece that I made, whatever it was, if it was like a jewelry, if it was a, and I'm sometimes doing sculpture, I work a lot with natural materials and then I'm doing drawings. So, and painting sometimes, like now it's more and more and more. <laughs> so with every little thing that I made, I felt like feel a part of myself. And yeah, so slowly, step by step, I've like created this connection where now I feel when I create, it, it doesn't come from my head. I don't have an idea up here. I have an idea in my body. It's like something that needs to be expressed that comes from down there and comes up and not from up there and comes down. I mean, there's like, it's interesting because I also do Qigong and we have like this channel, the energy channels. And when I open the channel, yeah, of course the energy is flowing and I can have creativity come up from the ground and come down from the, from the heavens. No? Well, that's what is depicted in these beautiful pictures in the background of these lines of, of movement flowing up and down, just like in a tree. Um, and, you know, with these bubbles of energy rising and going up and going down um you're really depicting it and i've had periods of time where i would draw very similar imagery <laughs> uh, depicting those flows of energy so i really recognize as soon as i came on and saw your pictures i could i was recognizing this this these um upward and downward flows very much in balance and um you know mutually nourishing flow which is an important um an important balance to to have and i'm glad you brought that up of the creativity 
rising up from below, but also coming down, especially when you do practices that help to balance your energy, that it's also coming down. And that downward flow is actually a very feminine flow of spirit embodying into us through our bodies. And, um, and then of course, that upward flow can be very feminine if it's coming up from earth through our bodies, uh, up through our wombs and our hearts and into what we create in the world. But that downward flow is also an important energy to connect with because we can, you know, especially like with, um, say for example kundalini yoga practices that are all about that transcendent flow of getting up and out the body um and not so much focused on uh allowing embodiment but also like there's a difference between that transcendent flow of getting up and out to get to higher dimensions or higher vibrations <laughs> there's a difference between that and feeling the upward flow of womb energy that wants to create and make offerings to this world to the world as it is now and support the evolution and nourishment of of the world the the that includes the physical that includes all of the dimensions instead of trying to get out of this dimension into some other place that's supposed to be better enlightened and all of that um that 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 flow i feel has very big limitations and is causing a lot of suffering because we use that many people use that flow to bypass spiritually bypass the traumas that we've experienced and the suffering that we've experienced and passed down through the generations here on this planet and then that perpetuates it where we have the capacity as we invite this downward flow and this uh, up through the womb and out the heart into the world flow of gifting our you know our our purpose and our gifts to the world to transform this world on all levels into heaven on earth so that's just my little spiel about what those images are meaning to me and and that those flows of energy so i'm curious how that lands for you and if you have any further reflections on all of that really like that for me it's yeah i feel the same i've started with yoga many like uh, 20 years ago over 20 years ago probably and uh, my it's interesting my first big journey was to asia I, I was in nepal several times and that energy for me is very much up like there everything is up and everything's like yeah this kundalini rising and uh, activating the third eye and all of this and that is great <laughs> but i was already activated like for me this point i think I know sometime in my teens when i was like 10 or 12 i started feeling vibrations here and um so when i went to south america the energy was going down and it was i don't know for me i don't know why but this continent feels so and like north america as well i think it's for it's connected no so when i first came it was just this immense feeling of energy from the earth 
Like I could, you know, I would always, I love to walk bare feet. <laughs> so I would always run around bare feet. And um, I know, I, I felt that my feet were blocked. Like my foot chakras were blocked, you know? It's like I could not um, receive the energy from the earth. And I think that for me was a really important um, step to make to realize, ah, it's not just about like giving and pushing out and all the energy out, out, young, 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 you know, and like all male energy, but it's about receiving. It's about taking the energy up, about like nurturing yourself and actually, yeah, re receiving the energy from the ground and from the earth and really connecting to the ground and I went to a bunch of sweat lodges too that really, really helped with that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. It's very, the, the feminine energy. And I think this is why the, the feminine rising is actually the feminine descending in a way. <laughs> oh, it's actually like coming back to earth. It's actually not about rising and getting away from here and going out into other realms. It's actually about coming back to ourselves and, to our bodies and into this earthy place and yeah for me it's so funny like especially right now I always feel like we are living in a paradise we just need to open our eyes and see it and I feel like now that everybody has to take a break and all the animals come into the cities and stuff I'm like yeah they see it <laughs> this is paradise <laughs> yeah yeah, boy, that's, you know, this distinction between feminine rising or feminine descending um, is an interesting one. You know, my my sense of the idea of feminine rising is not so much out and away, but up from underneath the foot of patriarchy, <laughs> like the sprouts of the green grass coming through the cracks in the pavement, that there's a, a rising back into aliveness and back into being able to openly express uh, our feminine power um, from the depths of, but it, that requires the balance like you're showing in your pictures and like we've been discussing between that descending of energies into full embodiment and being willing to go, one thing I really talk about often, which I'd love to hear your insights about, is the importance of menstruation and our bleeding cycles in our cycles of creativity and the importance of taking that rest time and allowing ourselves to go into the darkness, into uh, feeling all of our feelings, even the less pleasant or forbidden feelings um, that that society suppresses so much and really um, allowing the, the power of our emotions and the power of that, those cyclical rhythms in, in our bodies to propel us effortlessly on a powerful journey of, of creativity. Uh, whereas if we have this forced marching of day-to-day -day production, which is what our society is structured upon, that's what produces so much burnout and disease and illness and uh, especially for women and um, yeah so I'd, I'd love to hear about your journey with that and how your womb connection has um, is relates with your creative process yeah. 
Um, I, I think I'm the most creative I, um, when I menstruate, which is really interesting because it is an effortless creativity, whereas at other times my creativity is more like up, more in the head. And when I menstruate, I am so in my body and I'm so in my womb, whatever comes up is direct. There's no thought involved. Whereas in other times, you know, I'm thinking about it, I'm judging it, I'm looking at it, I have all these thoughts and I, of course, can't stop my own thoughts. But when I'm sitting and just feeling my body, the things that come out of me they are so much more powerful. They're really like shamanic almost, you know, like when I make jewelry, I know like, okay, this is a special piece. <laughs> like, let's see, you know, who's gonna go, who it's gonna go to because not everybody can take that. Um, yeah, that is for me really. And I think it's also because I, for a long time, I am taking time off. It's like, they're just sacred days for me and I've organized my time. And even when I organize my time to where I do as little as possible and just spend my day how it comes, like not make too many plans. I learn not to, you know, or like just tell my friends, I'm sorry, you know, I, I can't come and meet today. It's like, I'm just not feeling it. And it's kind of crazy because... Uh, a lot of people take it to as like, oh, oh my God, you're feeling bad. You know, I'm like, no, I'm not feeling bad. I'm just honoring myself. I'm just taking my time that I need right now to be in balance. Because in the end, it's really just about balance. Because the more I take my time and take it slower and, you know, like take way more care of myself and have cheese and stuff and really just spend a day especially like doing nothing you know just reading a book or something or just drawing a little bit and without any goal without like it to have to be anything um the more active i can be in the other phases so once i take these two three days off i am full power after there's no need to for recovery. There's nothing. I'm like, you know, I can go right back. And um, yeah, I often have super like new ideas. I write a lot. Like I don't journal regularly, but if I journal, it's probably when I menstruate. And um, yeah, it's very important for me to to allow this time. And it, yeah, it's kind of i'm really happy about it that it, it it's just my i think my body is so strong a part of me and my connection to my body is so strong that i mean in my 20s of course i totally ignored it but <laughs> later the, the more years i got um the more attention i pay to it and i think it's also like to pay attention to it really i mean you don't have to take time off but if it feels like it it's really nice to be able to you know it's not like a rule i think it should be a time without rules 
a mm. time without plans and a time without rules mm. that yeah that's menstruation for me right <laughs> where we can just listen to and feel what's right for us in any given moment and follow that and let let the moment guide us you know i mean there's so many spiritual traditions that talk about being in the now right and yet our lifestyles aren't really set up for that you know we always have a schedule and we're always working towards some goal and like that and the more we can um allow for that especially when we're menstruating um the more i mean it be, it can become a spiritual practice i mean for me it certainly has become a spiritual practice and it's very powerful and a lot of these spiritual practices were designed were modeled after the natural states that women in reverence to the the female reproductive cycles and abilities experience just on their own just by embodying fully in a feminine body and paying attention to the menstrual cycles and being honored for menstruating and having fertility and having experiences of sacred sexuality and conception and childbirth and being honored and fully nourished uh, women naturally experience states of bliss and spiritual oneness with the mm -hmm. divine and the create the divine mother creator of all things flows through us and shows us uh, what it means to be fully alive and fully spiritually at one with with god in fact um there's a pivotal book uh that that talks about the history of yoga, particularly um, actually being a history, the ancient history of yoga, and talks about how the yoga practices, original yoga practices were modeled after this. And that, um, you know, it was very well researched book about that and how we can, and how we can move away from the yoga that is designed for men to try and achieve those states without having that menstrual cycle and experiences of childbirth and all of that, um, which is a very different kind of yoga than a yoga that um, supports women to fully embody and allow for that. So the difference being that some approaches to yoga um, basically say if you're menstruating there's you just don't come to class right? <laughs> and then it's just not right for menstruating women to come to this class uh, whereas uh, yoga that honors uh, and supports menstruation is would in my idea in my ideal world would center the class around and i just attended a class online by the author of this book that centered the class around where the majority of the class was in their menstrual cycles for women yoga for women and she asked at the beginning where everyone was in their yoga cycle based on the seasons of the year and everyone there is aware of how to express where they're at in their menstrual cycle if you're menstruating you'd be in the winter if you're premenstrual be autumn and like that and so everybody put in there and she noticed that there was a majority of the class in the autumn and in the 
winter of their cycle. And she designed the class specifically for us, for where we were at in our menstrual cycles, which is such the opposite of what you normally get in a yoga class that was designed for men to, you know, you know, have the, the kind of experience to eventually attain the kinds of experiences that we naturally can have if we're really paying attention to our cycle. So my goodness, I, how did we get all of the way over here? Um, <laughs> well, we've talked about yoga, we talked about the creative process, we talked about honoring menstruation and so it just all tied together there with that little um, snippet it was just yesterday that I took my first class with this teacher uh, who um, her name the book is called uh, Yoni Shakti I think I yeah. and her name is Uma Dunsmuir Tully Dunsmore Dunsmuir Tully Dunsmore Tully or Dinsmore something like that. Yeah, I think. yeah, but if you look up Yoni Shakti online, you can find her book. Um, and it really nurtures this balance of flowing of energy. And I'm creating my own uh, approaches to yoga that, you know, are very similar. That's why I love her book. It's like, oh, yeah, I've been doing that for years, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. listening to my own, you know, I l luckily had teachers that or it wasn't even the teachers. I knew that I had to do my own practice between classes, you know? I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, for me, it's also, I think it's because of the dance. Like, eventually, I mean, I started with ballet, strict, of course. Mm -hmm. But then, eventually, I went, like, through modern dance and theater dance. And, like, I had some classes of buto, like the Japanese yeah. theater. It's very expressive and very, like, from the core and really about your emotions. So I think for me, it's um, for a long time, I've practiced just movement of however my body wants to move. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you say that the first yoga classes were, they would basically come from that, you know, from someone just feeling in their body and just seeing, okay, my body has to move like this right now. Mm -hmm. and then putting this into the practice mm -hmm. that is really yeah i love that it's really beautiful really wonderful and i mean i even read a story i think it was in this book of describing uh, a woman you know just waking up in the morning and being in the sun on the rocks in the sun next to the creek and doing just however her body wanted to move and her husband watching her from over in the bushes and starting to try it himself and then starting to teach his friends because boy did that feel good and taking ownership of it and her kind of finding out about it going oh look you're doing it too okay great i'm gonna stay over here in the creek with the rocks in the sun <laughs> you know and so that's how it became that the the marketed yoga became that because those of us who are just feeling our bodies and moving aren't necessarily going out and marketing it. <laughs> Although now we might be because we're trying to pull uh, humanity back from the brink of self-destruction by remembering, helping each other to remember how to really connect to ourselves and regenerate our vitality. Um, well, there we go. There, I said that. <laughs> right. That's interesting too. It's like not, it's like basically a, not really a woman's thing to make things into a science. 
you know it's like the man that comes and goes like ah oh, we can you know make this into like a system and call it yoga and right that and that uh, brings me to these uh images like the my drawings that i have behind me they are actually it's cool that you said that you used to draw like this because i also feel it's like a natural way of how i would express myself but i took classes for this uh it is a <laughs> technique called neurographica and a russian man uh developed it he's like a psychology doctor doctor of psychology so it has a lot of psychological uh input i would say in it and it is for me like a drawing meditation really you know i wonder if he really invented it or if he saw his wife or his daughter doing it and then decided it had all of these qualities and created it into something he could teach in a class i don't mean to to uh, disparage your teacher but it's so often the case right <laughs> yeah and i think i mean in the end it's just like he found a way to bring it all together exactly right like he described and to describe it in a way that you can give from person to person and teach that's right developing so yeah i would not like i mean he did not invent the circle and the line right he just created the system of using it in a way that is has the potential to transform mm -hmm. and it is very it's very interesting how he does it and yeah i've um well i studied it a little bit now since last year i started studying it and um, I did this certificate now to do, to do certificate. All right. <laughs> Funny, yeah. you know, like you need a paper for everything. Right. Like, okay, no. Paper. But yeah, so um, I can use it in my work. And this is actually a tool for uh, transformational coaching, for example. Uh-huh. And well, I just, for now, I just teach classes. I did a lot, like mostly free classes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm like slowly, slowly taking steps there, taking my time because I don't want to overwhelm myself. Right. But um, it's very interesting to get deeper into this and deeper into the drawing and deeper into like how the line, like his idea is that every line that you draw is a thought. So you can think without words it's like thinking without thinking and the funny thing is the way i got to this was i took one class and i had this total aha moment i had like a moment where i was like where my mind was like blown i was like oh my god you know and the idea what you can reach basically with the drawing is to change your mind so when you draw you get out of the uh, mental try a carousel, you know, where you just keep turning around and around and around, having the same thoughts, the same thoughts, like turning the problem around and not finding a way out. And once you put it on a paper and you draw, the process of drawing just creates a distraction in your mind and it opens up to new ideas. That is the idea and that's for me 100% how it works. It's like when I draw, I draw a problem 
and I have a solution. Mm. I, and it comes from inside me. Yeah. And this is what I very much about this process. It is like a way where, you know, I'm not a coach and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm solving your life. No, it's like I give, I can, you know, help you um, solve your own problems, find mm -hmm. your own solutions. And like in your way, because everybody, you know, for, for everyone, it's kind of, everybody may need a different approach or may need a different answer. And when the answer comes from inside you, it's your answer. All right. So, yeah. You know, it's beautiful because, you know, I see uh, <clears throat> in the images behind you with the circle and the line, um, a, a symbolism of the masculine and the feminine and how they interact and can um, create together, uh, providing a balance of energies for a solution to arise and a beautiful partnership. And I don't know if your teacher or if you maybe um, talk about that aspect of the circle and the line or the other symbolic shapes that might arise and and how that gives you the solution to the inner problem from a very somatic place and from a different place that then where we're used to or trained to come from in solution solving with the logical mind being prioritized all over everything else whereas it where whereas if you have the more feminine brain and the the body brain involved there's so much more available and it sounds like this process of drawing with all of these shapes and allowing it to happen uh, gives a, gives us access to the womb wisdom and the body wisdom and weaves it all back together the feminine brain and the and the masculine brain uh, the logical thinking brain and the dreaming brain the subconscious brain and all of that starts to weave back together as you know anyone who's explored art whether by looking at other people's art or creating our own art can feel that weaving together that happens in artistic process and the creative process of you know all of these aspects because that's what's needed in order for creativity to flow is this balance this partnership between our right and left sides our logical thinking our creative thinking our verbal nonverbal, our subconscious and conscious our womb and you know the the fertility of the womb and the cycles and all of this gets woven together in a beautiful partnership and i, I really see those energies flowing the, that way in those drawings so it's i'm uh, very curious I, I guess are these the classes you were telling me that you have online on your website can you tell us about that yeah it's, i really love the way you just described it that is very yeah very much exit to the point like when we think of a circle, for example, it's always harmonious, it's always whole, it always brings things together. So we work with that. And we can, for example, draw a circle and then name the circle. And so we can bring our life literally piece by piece into the picture and yeah. name it. We don't have to name it, but we can name it. And then another aspect that I really appreciate is that we focus on our body, our feeling, 
Like when I draw this line, how does my body feel? What kind of emotions come up and where do my thoughts go? So we always focus on three dimensions, on the body, on the emotions, and on the thinking mind, which opens up whole new doors, whole new like areas of, of experience. And so it's, yeah, it's really not just the visual, it is like the body, the feeling, the emotion, the thoughts, everything is encompassed in it. And we work with all these aspects. And yeah, I am uh, just now starting to teach a class that uh, is called the Neuro Tree. And um, we are drawing trees. And the interesting thing about the tree is, well, also, ah, and also we work with the breath which I, as a little yogi in, in Qigong, think I'm like, yeah, the breath, of course, totally important. So actually, when you draw the line, you can breathe the line. Mm. And the painting or the drawing can be infused with your breath. And this is one thing that we do in the um, tree drawings. All the lines go from bottom to top with the breath. And... Uh, movement upwards is like the um building up the spine erect you know it's like when we become humans we become upright and we become self-conscious and we have our own yeah our own mind no it's um yeah so it's a well i'm sold my dear <laughs> I want to check out these classes myself personally. I'm like, okay, here's another way I can nourish myself. I'm really feeling lately, you know, I hold space for so many people and really give of myself a lot because I'm really on mission and I'm writing this book. And what I'm noticing is the, the more I get into this, the more I want to, my creative process, the more I want to receive um, nourishment and support from other people with a similar journey that are you know offering these things so uh please do tell us how we can find your website and get involved with this process with you so the website is uh, called neuro art project neuro art logical like the neuro yeah neuro neuro art project, project. dot net yes. <laughs> Okay, neuroartproject.net, and that's your personal website where we can find your uh, classes that you're offering. Uh, and these are online classes? The online classes, yes. Perfect. I, I may eventually offer them somewhere local, but so far. Right. We don't have that possibility even right now to do that. So I'm glad you're doing online because excellent. That's really excellent. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing about this. And I really enjoyed spending time with you. And as listeners know, if you want to learn more about womb-centered healing, you can visit the wombcenteredhealing.com website and learn all about the womb-centered healing temple and the, and the courses that are available there uh, around some of the things that I've been talking about. And um, yeah, so wonderful. So thank you so much. And um, I look forward to um, hearing anything that listeners are inspired to share about this conversation. 
And um, yeah, that's all for now. So take care and we'll see you all again soon.